Right, Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And it says in verse 30, all the way to the end of the chapter, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is what? Wise. He that winneth souls is wise. And so we've been talking about what the Bible says about soul winning. And people say, well, we can't save souls. We never claim to be able to save souls. But we can win souls because the Bible says we can. The Lord does the saving. It's kind of like fishing. We catch the fish and he cleans them. And that's the way it works out. And really, he does most of the catching. He just lets us be part of it. But anyway, he does the cleaning. If they, if they get clean, it's because of him. And last week, I had a worksheet, and you've got it with you now. And it's how to ham handle common questions. I don't know if that says answers or what it says, on visitation. And there's 14 of these, and we went through the first seven, so we went through the first page. And this is not a knock on somebody else's religion. You know, a lot of times you get talking about stuff like this, people say, well, well, they're just talking bad about people's religions. We're not talking bad about anybody. As a matter of fact, these are just things that I've dealt with personally through 20-something years of ministry, and it seems like I've had this, these questions are... Uh, given to me so many times through the years and so if you're given to me over and over they've got to be other people's got to be getting the same thing over and over and so what I'm giving you here is a way to answer their questions it's not to belittle somebody or to be mean to anybody it's an opportunity so that you might answer their questions so you can lead them to Christ that's what this is about and some of you may have had some of these questions most people have before they got saved and anyway uh, but it's a good thing, like the very first one, number one, and so you can fill these in. I'm a good person. A lot of people don't think they need to be saved. They think they're good, but the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you might be a good person, but Job said there's none that doeth good and sinneth not. Everybody sins. And so you might be, you might be good, might be a good person, you might be a good neighbor, you may pay your bills, but you still need to be saved. That doesn't have anything to do with it. And there's always a better person, and his name's Jesus. And so in order for you to get to heaven like you are without him, you'd have to live as good as he did. And that's not possible because you've already messed that up. You say, how? You're a sinner. You say, I don't believe you'd talk to me that way. Well, I can. I'm one too. i got a right to talk. We're all sinners, the Bible says. And so Jesus died for our sins. And then how about number two? I try to do the best I can. And I put our best is not good enough. It's not good enough. We've got to trust in him. Anyway, all through here you'll see these, but you'll have to go back and look at them. Um, I like number five. There's too many hypocrites in the church. Now what's that got to do with somebody getting saved anyway? Well, there's just too many hypocrites in the church. I always say, well, one more wouldn't hurt anything. Come on over. We'd like to have you. <laughs> I just like to have a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, number eight. We're going to start down to number eight. We didn't get to number eight, did we? Finished through seven. Okay. Making sure we're at the right spot. All right, number eight. I've done too many bad things. How many of you ever had anybody say that to you before? Yeah, you've all heard it. We've just, well, I'd like to be saved, but I've just done too many bad things. Well, the truth is God wants you to come just as you are. That's a good response. And this also, God can forgive any sin that you have ever committed. God can forgive any sin that you've ever committed. People get thinking, they say, well, 
He can't go to heaven because he's a murderer. But they forget Moses committed murder in the book of Exodus. The Bible says he looked that way and looked that way, and he didn't see anybody watching, and he went and slew and killed that Egyptian, buried him in the sand. But somebody saw it. And they said, well, that's that murderer. And he thought, how'd they? Because you don't get away with things. You think nobody sees it. It doesn't work that way. But even more importantly than that, there's somebody else watching. Even if nobody sees it, God's watching. But Moses was a murderer. You say, what happened with him? He got right with God, and God used him to write the first five books of the Bible. Genesis through Deuteronomy. Well, man, if God can use a murderer, surely he can use you. We've got folks that's graduated from our Bible Institute that's preachers, and they're pastoring churches now that's been to prison for murder. How about that? You saw what happened. They got saved, and somehow they got out. And, and it might have been a lesser degree or whatever how it was. I don't know how it was. But anyway, you saw well, God couldn't use somebody like that. Well, he used Moses. And you know what else he used? David. King David. You say, what did he do? Well, one time, he was when he should have been out with everybody else, he was stayed home one day. And he was staying home, and he should have been out with the kings and he should have been out to battle but he's sitting there on his rooftop and they got those flat roofs over there in Israel and he looked over and there was a lower house there's all lower in his house probably and there was a house over there and there was a lady and she was beautiful and her name was Bathsheba and she was taking a bath on her rooftop she didn't know anybody was watching her and he saw her and he said go get her and the Bible says they brought him to her or brought her to him and he's the king and did you know she had a husband you know what David did? David did what he did, and he shouldn't have done it. And the next thing you know, she sent word to him, and she said, I just need to let you know that I'm expecting a baby now. And her husband was off to war where David should have been because David was over the, the troops there. I mean, he was the king, and he was supposed to go with them. But he didn't go. Is when the kings went to battle. He stayed home. And you know what he did? He called and had her husband sent in, and everything, and, any, and make a long story short, he had her husband put on the very front row of the fire where it was happening and made sure he got killed in battle. He said, put him in the hottest part of the battle. And they put him up there and he got killed. So not only did he commit adultery, he committed murder. And you know what God said after that? He said, David's a man after my own heart. You say, what is that? That's a forgiving God is what that is. That's all you can say. God is in the business of forgiving. I've had people say, well, I can't be saved because I was in Vietnam or I was in Afghanistan or wherever and I killed somebody in the line of duty. Listen, man, that's not murder. The Bible talks about that and God put people in there. That's not murder. When you're, when you're, killing, when you're shooting somebody that's shooting at you and trying to kill you, that's not murder. And that's fighting for your country, and that's war, and the Bible talks about war. God even sent his people into war. That's not murder. That's a whole different ball game. Nobody wants to have to do that, but you have no choice. Those guys in Vietnam, man, they went through it. World War II, can you imagine what they saw over there? That's probably one of the most gruesome, worst wars we've ever had. And those men over there fighting like they were, and many of them wouldn't talk about it because they did all kinds of They'd talk about terrible things. A little kid would come out there. They'd have a bomb strapped to them, and they was going to kill every one of them. You don't know. I mean, it's bad. It's awful. War is terrible, terrible thing. But anyway, that's, that don't have anything to do with it. God can forgive you, and that's not murder anyway. That's a whole different thing, completely different. 
It's not murder when a when a man when the police officer tells somebody to stop and they pull a gun on the police officer and he shoots them. That's not murder. Care what you say? It's not murder. You say what's that? That's him protecting his own life. You say well, there's some bad policemen. Oh, I know there is. Just not very many of them. Most of them are good. We're going to honor police here for long. Amen. That's right. I'd sure rather have them than not have them, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. That's not murder, though. That's a different thing. And then you got the dying thief. He was a thief. And in that day and time, for what he did, he got capital punishment. They crucified him for it. You know what happened to him? He got saved right there on death row. He got saved right there. I mean, right before it happened. I mean, he was right there hanging on the cross. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest thy kingdom. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He said, okay, I'll remember you. He said, you're going with me, buddy. And he went with him that day. You say, why? Because he's a forgiving God. That's why. I'm glad he's a forgiving God. All right, take your Bible and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Let me show you Christians something. I showed this last night. I was teaching a class after class, and we had a few of you folks in here in there. I've been teaching a class at 10 o'clock every Tuesday night on Colossians, trying to get some stuff fixed up. But anyway, and I showed this verse. And notice in 1 Corinthians 6, here's where I had a guy one day, he come in here and he said, he said, well, if you do any of these things, preacher, you're going to hell or anybody else is. I said, well, you got to, I said, I said, well, just a minute here. I said, you didn't read all the verses. Look in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He said, see, any of you that anybody does that, they can't go to heaven. I said, well, read verse 11. He said, I don't need to read. I've read that. I said, no, you've got to read verse 11. Verse 11. And such were some of you. He said, you Christians, he said, you used to be that way. But you're not anymore. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You know what that says? That says a person that committed fornication can be saved. A, commerce, a person that uh, was an idolater can be saved. A person that committed adultery can be saved. A person that's effeminate. You say, what's that? A man wanting to be a woman. You say, what? China's banned them where they can't even have those people on TV. You say, well, they don't want to destroy their country. That's why. we got a mess in our country. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. You say, well, you just hate people. I don't hate anybody. I'd be nice to anybody. I really would. I'm not, I'm not joking. I'd be nice to people. But the thing is, people need to get right. That's bad. That's terrible. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves. You ever stole anything? Nor covetous. Nor drunkards. Nor revilers. Extortioners. Man, that's amazing. That sounds like some bad dudes right there. You say, what happened to them? They all got saved. That means God's in the forgiving business. So that old person over there, they've done, well, you know what? You're not any better than they are. But only by the grace of God can we be saved and go to heaven. We ought to be thankful that God's been so good to us by his grace. He's blessed us immensely. See, 1 John 1, 9, I'm not turning there, it's on your sheet. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Isaiah 118, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. God's reasonable. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's true. God can make you clean is what that means. And so here's the thing. People say, well, oh, so-and-so, they're bad people. Would you let them come to church, sir? We want them to come to church. We want them to come. We want them to hear the gospel. We want them to be saved. We're not going to be mean to somebody that's a bad person. We're going to try to help them. Try to help them. All right. Number nine. Number nine. We had a guy come the other day. He's wanting us to rent him an apartment. We don't help that way. We don't rent apartments. But we'll tell you something better than that. We can tell you how to go to heaven and live free of charge for eternity. How about that? Could you imagine you started renting people apartments? Well, number one, we're not rich. So y'all got a nice building. We owe a lot of money on it, too. <laughs> we got a big, fat payment every month. And God's been good to us and blessed us and takes care of that. But the thing is, you started getting that around, you'd have 100 people. How about me in an apartment? How about me in an apartment? How about me in an apartment? <laughs> Goodness. All right, now, how about get you a J-O-B? Somebody say amen. <laughs> That's all right. They're hiring everywhere. We're going to see our friends here for long in, in Nashville, and um, they got that Johnny Paychecks limousine. And I told Elizabeth, I said, you need to tell J-Boy, the one that got it. I said, you tell him. Say, I need to borrow that if I ever quit. She likes her job and loves her job. I said, but if you ever quit your job, I said, you ought to drive up in Johnny Paychecks limousine and say, take this job and shove it. <laughs> That would be epic now right there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> she came in Johnny Paycheck's limousine and quit. <laughs> oh, man. Don't worry. She's not quitting. She loves her bosses and all those people and people she works with too much. Enjoys herself. So, But that would be the way to do it. Johnny Paycheck, man. All right, number nine. <laughs> I don't believe in God or the Bible. I don't believe in God or the Bible. There's a lot of people that say stuff like that. Isn't that a shame? You know, really, people, most people really aren't atheists. They act like they're atheists. They don't believe in God. You know, like the old preacher said, drop them out of an airplane at 40,000 feet. They'll be calling on God before they hit the ground. <laughs> All of a sudden, they'll believe in him. People say, well, we don't even believe in God. Well, maybe God doesn't believe in you. You ever think of that? So I don't believe in God. Well, maybe God doesn't believe in atheists. And by the way, there's no atheist in hell either. There's no atheist. They all believe in him. That Stephen Hawking, they said he was the smartest man and he was in that wheelchair. I felt sorry for him, but the way his physical condition. But he said, heaven's just fairy tale for grown-ups. It's not even real. I bet you he wishes he was there right now because he died. And I bet he believes it's real. And say, you're, you're gloating that. I don't gloat that. I, don't, I didn't wish that on him. I'd rather have seen him get saved. And maybe he did, but it didn't, sure didn't sound like he did. That's, that's sad, ain't it? Sad to be that way. So I don't believe in God. Take your Bible and go to James chapter 2, to the right there. Now here's what I would do with somebody like that. You may have a family member that's that way. 
That doesn't mean they're bad people. I think most people deep down really do believe in God. Even if they say that, a lot of times they just don't want to believe in him. Because if they believe in him, they know this Bible's real and man. And they don't want to live for him. They want to live the way they're living. And so the best way they can do is just say, well, God's not real. That book's not right. And just get rid of it. But you can't get rid of this book. It's not going anywhere. But always ask them, well, would you care if I told you how to be saved? What could, uh, no, I don't want to hear it. Well, what would that hurt? You don't even believe in God. What would it hurt? We got a senator, Jason Rapert, and he was over this, you may have seen it on the news today. He was at, uh, before a federal judge, and anyway, they got the Ten Commandments at the Little Rock Capitol. It was a private donors donated the money they went through everything like they were supposed to now the satanic temple and the aclu and the and the atheist group of america they're all suing him and all he did was fill out the paperwork for it and uh, he texted me two nights ago i was in my office was texting back and forth he asked told me situation asked me to pray for him before he went before that federal judge today anyway i was reading the article from little rock news and what and he won down there because they did everything the right way. But we're living in a wicked world is what we're living in. Wickedness. The satanic temple. Devil, self-proclaimed devil worshipers. They don't like the Ten Commandments. What part of thou shalt not kill does that bother you? Say, so, well, nothing wrong. We don't want to kill anybody. You don't mind if it's a baby, though, do you? That's craziness. What part of thou shalt not steal? Hey, if you work for something, people ought to leave it alone. You paid for it. Leave it alone. I really believe that if people in this building and other buildings around like this, I believe that if, if everybody's like people in this building and other buildings like this, we got Brother Scotty there from all the way up in the Raven Den area. He's down here just tonight. He couldn't get back to his church. And people at their church and other good people around, you wouldn't have to lock your doors at night. They ain't going to take nothing out of your vehicle or anything. It's not going to happen. You say, why? Because they fear God. It's not theirs. But you better lock them. And you better lock them when you're in here. But I promise you the camera is on them. <laughs> we got you. Let me just say something. People say, well, I don't believe in God. Ask them if you can tell them how to be saved. And then I always say, would you mind if I prayed for you? Well, I don't, want, well, I don't believe in prayer. But I said, well, that's okay if it, it shouldn't affect you then. And all I do is I show them in the Bible how to be saved, and I pray for them. And a lot of times the Lord starts working on them then. And say, I know what I'm doing there, because you let them get that Bible, let that go into their ears and into their heart, and let God start working, and you start praying for them. God can change things. And there's a lot of atheists that's been saved. Um, look in James 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Now the devils believe, but they're not saved. But they do believe, they believe there is a God. They know it, they know it's right. The devil knows God's real. He doesn't want you to think he's real though. And those that are working for the devil know that he's real. Anyway, crazy stuff. But ask if you can pray for them. Look what it, um, I always say like this, show them that the Bible proves it's correct through prophecy. Now, we've studied some of that in Sunday school. I showed you how the Bible's scientifically correct. There's no way you could, that stuff just happened in the Bible. 
show you show people how the Bible's mathematically correct. And we've talked about the Bible and how it's math, how the prophecies have come to pass. God wrote this book. Nobody else could do that. The Quran doesn't do that. Muhammad wrote the Quran in 600 A.D. He couldn't even read or write. He dictated it. He'd had epileptic fits at night. I wouldn't trust anything that guy wrote. Muhammad had 12 wives. He's 54. He married a nine-year-old girl. Now, there's something wrong with that. She had no choice but to marry him. She's a slave. That's, that's mean now. And say, so I'm not following that religion. I'm going to follow with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll say this, ladies. You don't have to marry any guy. Get rid of him. That's all right. You don't have to get the one God wants you to have. That's what you do. Wouldn't that be terrible? Nine years old, have to marry a 54-year-old man. No telling what's going on in Afghanistan over there. What a terrible, 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 terrible. And we just leave it to them. All right. Verse, uh, Psalms 14.1, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Look, the fool has said in his heart, There is no God. You say, well, I don't believe in God. According to the Bible, you're a fool. Well, I don't like all these Christian holidays, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter. That's all right. We got one for you. It's April Fool's. They got their own holiday. They get one, so they don't get mad at us. That's just the way it is. He said, I've never been to a church like this. Well, you probably will never be to another one like this either. <laughs> Might be a good thing. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Number 10. We're all working to get to the same place. How many of you ever had that happen? I've had that happen so many times. I always say this because I'm a smart aleck. But it says, you might make it if you're not careful. <laughs> but it won't be the right place. I promise you that. As a matter of fact, we're not working to go anywhere. You don't get to heaven by your works. You get to heaven by grace, the unmerited favor of God. When I first moved here, I was out here, was mowing, I was mowing the churchyard. And where this back building sits, I was mowing all out there, and there's apartments back here, and a lady lived in these apartments. And she came up to me and stopped me while I was mowing, and Anyway, I hadn't seen her in a long, long time either. She's around somewhere. But she stopped me, and um, that's 20, over, 20 year, over 20 years ago. And she began to talk to me. She said, you the new preacher? I said, yep, I'm the new preacher. Anyway, and she said, well, nice to meet you. And I said, well, it's nice to meet you. And we talked for a minute. I said, where do you go to church at? She said, well, I don't go. I said, well, we'd love to have you over here sometime. She said, I, I don't know. I said, well, let me ask you a better question. I said, if you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? She goes, hi. She said, we'll just get all, we're all going to get what we deserve. I said, I'm not. She said, what? I said, I'm not. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, I deserve to die and go to hell. That's what I deserve. And I said, ma'am, you do too. I don't mean any disrespect, but it's just the way it is. But I said, I'm not getting what I deserve. I said, Jesus died in my place, and I don't have to get what I deserve. And it's the truth. All right, look in, uh, well, we don't got to turn. Just look there. Titus 3.5 on your worksheet. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration. You say, what's that? That's the word of God that um, regenerates you. It's not baptism. And renewing of the Holy Ghost. Then Romans 4 or 5. But to him that worketh not, not to him that's working, but him that doesn't work, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Look at this. His faith. 
His faith. His faith is counted for righteousness. What's counted for your righteousness? Your faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not your works. You don't work to get saved. You don't work to stay saved. You work because you are saved. That's why we work for Him. We're not, our salvation is not conditional on your works. It's conditional on your faith. Trust in Christ as your Savior. I wrote down, and I don't have it on here, but it's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Watching the time, so I'm not going to turn there. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, if you could work your way to heaven, you could brag about it. Wouldn't that be something? Instead of getting up here, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Work saves, work, no. Water saves, no. Uh -uh. Come and hear the joyful sound. Jump in the baptistry and splash around. Water saves, no. Water don't save. And the church don't save. And your works don't save. There's only one thing that can save, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. You didn't know I was a songwriter, did you? Where's we at? And I went crazy singing that. Do you remember that? In Texas. <laughs> that wasn't this time, was it? I don't, I don't think so. What did he say? Oh, yeah. No, that was, no it was there. <laughs> They thought, this guy's crazy. My wife's been trying to tell everybody that. All right, number 11. I pray all the time. I hear that a lot. I pray all the time. Look at this. A little prayer won't get you to heaven. It won't do it. I've had people say, well, I've asked the Lord to save me every day. Well, if you ever get saved, you don't have to ask him but once. <laughs> you don't have to ask him every day. You know what the problem is? A lot of people pray a prayer, but they don't believe in their heart. Before I got saved, I wanted to be saved so badly. My sister got saved. She's five and a half years older than me. And I knew she was saved. My daddy was saved. My mama was saved. But I wasn't saved. I'd lay in the hallway, and I'd say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I think, nothing happened. They act like they, act like they knew it. I don't know. I don't see me different. And nothing did happen. And then one day I got about eight years old and the Spirit of God began to convict me about being saved. And that changed everything. And no longer was I just praying a prayer. I got scared about going to hell. And I meant it. And boy, I began to pray. And I, you say, you must have been a good prayer. Well, no, I'm really not. But I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins and save me. I didn't know a lot about the Bible. But I knew I was lost and I knew I was going to hell. And I knew there was only one person that could fix it. And I believed he died for me. And I believed he was alive, and his name was Jesus. You don't got to know everything about the Bible to be saved. You just got to trust in the one that wrote the Bible. You got to trust in the one that died for you. That's what you got to do to be saved. But anyway, well, I pray all the time. Look in Romans 10, 10 right here on your worksheet. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You may confess it with your mouth and pray and confess it, but it's in the heart. It's a different thing. A lot of people have a head knowledge and they need a heart knowledge. A heart knowledge. All right. Number, is it 12? All right, this is where my sheet's not like your sheet. Is there 13 of these? 
Huh. How'd that happen? I never do 13. So that's the worst number. All right. There's never even a 13th floor on the elevator. You ever notice that? They skip it. So you're just superstitious. I may be, but 13 in the Bible stands for rebellion. <laughs> Look at this number 12. We're all going to the same place. Now that's kind of, that's, no, I've already said that one, haven't I? Yeah, didn't I say that back there? No, we're all working to the same place. Okay, we're all going to the same place. And what they say is we're just taking different roads. But the response is the Bible says there's only one way to heaven. I had an Indian, a Native American. I was preaching in a jail here in Lawrence County, jail, back in old jail. And I was preaching there one day, and he was sitting in there, and he said, oh, he said, preacher. He said, he said, we're both going to heaven. He said, we're just going two different ways. I said, well, that's too bad. And he said, why? I said, because the Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He's the only way. There's not several ways or a bunch of ways. He's the way. You don't get there outside of that cross. You got to go through him to get to heaven. But there's so many people trying to get to heaven on their own merits, their own works, their own way. We're all going the same way if we're going at all. Like that old preacher that told that boy that was the old preacher, he was on his deathbed and they came to comfort him and there's a young man and he said, if anybody's going to heaven, you're going. And that preacher said, don't you ever comfort a dying man that way. He said, I'm going to heaven on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, that's how you'll go too if you make the trip at all. <laughs> that's what he told him. And that's true. That's the only way to heaven. You're not getting there because I said, well, they've been so good. I mean, if anybody's going, they're going. No, they're not going unless they've been saved. If they've been saved, they're going. We're all going to the same place. Well, all these people say, well, I believe in heaven, but I don't believe in hell. How could you not believe, believe in only one? The Bible mentions both of them. You think the Bible's just right about the one? Man, that's a terrible place. I don't want anybody to go there. People need to be saved. And then this one, number four, 13. I got, say, I've got 16 of these. You say, I need to start making up a couple more and get all this 13 business. But anyway, here's 13. I've got plenty of time. I've got plenty of time. Now, that's what people think. They think they have plenty of time, but they don't know that they have plenty of time. Since you're in James, you still there? Look in James chapter 4, verse 14. In my office, Brother Herschel made me a nice curio cabinet case. And in that case, I've got my mammals. That's my daddy's mother. That's what we called her. Bible. She died in 1996. And I was looking through that one day, and she had this verse marked. It's a good verse. She understood it. James 4, 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. I've got to learn to say manana because I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> That's tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Everybody thinks I've got plenty of time. But you don't have lots of time. I, it seems like yesterday, 
I can remember back yesterday, it seems like I was in the third grade yesterday in some ways. You say, that is a long time ago. That's because you must be a lot younger than me. If he's my age, you wouldn't think it's a long time ago. And my daddy tells me his age is even quicker. Once you get to that age, he said that even happened faster from my age to his age. He said, it keeps, keeps, and I believe it, it keeps getting faster. Overnight, you better do what you're going to do is what you better do because time will be out. Brother Scotty, he's already retired a job. Oh, man, goodness. He's wealthy. I mean, a guy that can quit at his age. No, he's already got more jobs. <laughs> he's working. On, he quit one job. He retired from one job. He's working more jobs. So that's, that's how it works out. I just give him a hard time. All those people up in the hills are wealthy, though. You know that, don't you? <laughs> and work for the state. My uncle retired from the state back in the 90s. And he, he, um, he was an investigator for food stamp fraud. And my dad always would tell him, he'd say, well, he said, the only way you know you're retired is you read the paper at home instead of at work now. <laughs> so he'd give him a hard time, you know, state job. But like he didn't do nothing. But they, he was just joking. He knew he did stuff. All right, Proverbs 27. Kind of like that guy for the highway department, that foreman. They got out there and they forgot all their shovels. And he said, hey, boys, he said, prop up on each other until I can go get your shovels. <laughs> he just got to laugh. We don't believe highway people are lazy. We're just joking. <laughs> Proverbs 27. Some people can't take a joke. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You don't know what's going to happen that day. One day can change everything. Don't brag about, well, I'll do it tomorrow. You might not. I hope you can. You might ought to add Lord willing. That's a good thing on that. Like that old boy that was going by the church on a Sunday morning and is early and the preacher was sitting outside waiting on his parishioners to come in. He's sitting in a rocking chair on the front porch, country church. And he said, where are you going all mad, fist doubled up? He said, I'm going to whip old farmer so-and-so. He said, Lord willing. He goes, Lord willing, nothing. He said, he wronged me. I'll whip him. He said, You'll see. He said, you mean Lord willing. He said, I'm telling you, preacher, I'm going down to whip him right now. 30 minutes later, he came back, busted nose, bloody lip. I mean, all beat to pieces, pop knots on his head. He said, where are you going now? He said, home, Lord willing. <laughs> Proverbs 29. <laughs> Proverbs 29. Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan until they get busted in the mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to bust me in the mouth. Proverbs 29.1, pass. He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. We say, what's that? People's been told over and over, and they think they got plenty of time, then sudden destruction comes. It can happen just like that. Sudden destruction. It can be over. The Bible talks about in Psalms 90 and verse 10 that the lifespan for people is three score and ten, the average. Seventy years. It's still seventy-something years, even today. Women live longer than men, but they're still in the seventy-something years, the later seventies. And people may be living longer and longer, but the average lifespan, that's it. And by reason of strength, 
four score, which is 80 years. It don't take long to turn 80, does it, Brother Luke? Take long at all. Quick. This is the way it is. So when you say, well, he's already passed it there. Yep. So anyway, it goes by quickly. This is the way it is. Over. You say, well, we're living for, well, we're living for the Lord to come back. Sister Graham made 102 and a half. She said it went by quick too. Fast. I believe her. So I don't know about all that. Well, she knew. She actually lived that long. She could tell you. You don't know. <laughs> but she knew. <laughs> she knew. She had experience in the matter. All right. Remind people, there's not plenty of time. Better get it fixed now. And if you're watching in this world the way the world is right now, if you're not saved, you better get saved. Better get saved. Make sure you've been saved. Make sure you're born again. And if you're here tonight and you don't know, you get with me after the service. I'll show you how to be saved. We've talked about enough of it that you ought to know, but I'll show you and pray with you. Can't save you. The Lord can, though. But I can show you how to be saved. All right, we're stopping.